It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to the 50 Years Ago in Hockey special series on the passing of Terry Sawchuk and how the media treated that event back in 1970. In our first episode, we sort of set up the situation for you and provided the initial reports uh, of how Terry became injured. Uh, And that included an interview obtained by a, a writer from New York that was obtained without Terry's knowledge or permission, but it did give insight into, uh, Terry's condition, if not how the incident took place. Now this time around, we're going to get into the reporting of how Terry's condition deteriorated, although there was considerable confusion around exactly what his condition was for a time. And then we'll also get into the reporting of Terry's passing and how the investigation began to unfold. So when we left you in the last episode, we were about at May 23rd, 1970, and we had given you the reporting that was out there at that time. It wasn't until May 29th, six days later, before any real news about Sawchuck's condition was reported by anyone in the media. We do know that during that time between the 23rd and the 29th of May, Terry's condition seemed to be a very closely guarded secret. And in fact, while rumors were out there about what he was going through, most newspapers and publications declined to put out anything because whatever whatever information they had, they couldn't confirm. On the morning of the 29th of May, it was the New York Times and the Associated Press who broke stories about Terry Sawchuck's changing condition, but there wasn't much detail at all. The Times story read, Hospitalist Sawchuck in Critical Condition Again. And it read, Terry Sawchuck, 40-year-old goalie for the New York Rangers, was listed in critical condition again yesterday in the intensive care unit at Long Beach Memorial Hospital. Sawchuck was admitted April 29th for removal of his gallbladder, quote, after he said he was horse-playing on his lawn with Ron Stewart, according to a Long Beach police official. So now the police are making releases on Terry's condition. The first two paragraphs of the Associated Press uh, release on this that went out to their uh, network of newspapers was almost exactly the same words as what the New York Times wrote. And that leads me to believe that the Times story wasn't by Gerald Eskenazi, but was released 
uh, by someone from the Associated Press. But their story went on to provide just a little bit more. Uh, in the, the end of their story, it says, uh, Ron Stewart is a 37-year-old ranger forward and Sawchuck's roommate. The New York Times had quoted a source close to the rangers as saying the two had returned home from a bar, argued, and were wrestling when the injury occurred. Sawchuck was taken off the critical list a week ago and hospital spokesman, when asked Thursday, declined to say when he had but put back on the critical list. Now, it's pretty interesting here that uh, different stories came out. United Press International, another one of the big uh, wire services at the time, actually had two stories that it put out that day. The first one with a headline of Sawchuck's again listed as, quote, critical. And it just said, Ranger goalie Terry Sawchuck has apparently suffered a setback in his recovery from the gallbladder surgery and Friday was reported in critical condition at Long Beach Memorial Hospital. Sawchuck, who police say was injured, quote, during horseplay with teammate Ron Stewart last month, had been taken off the critical list Last week, but the hospital said Sachuk has been returned to the intensive care unit and is again in critical condition. The 40-year-old hockey player had been hospitalized since April 29th for removal of a gallbladder. That very same day, United Press International carried this story a few hours later that said, Goalie Terry Sawchuck of the New York Rangers was removed from the critical list Friday at a Long Island hospital and then was transferred to a hospital in New York. The 41-year-old Sawchuck was reported in good condition at the time of his transfer from Long Beach Memorial Hospital. He was returned to the hospital's intensive care unit earlier in the week after suffering a setback from injuries incurred during horseplay with teammate Ron Stewart. So what we had here was even the United Press International, a very esteemed organization, had one story in the morning, had another story in the afternoon, but that would not be the end of this, and the confusion began to get even a little a little more marked as time went on, especially as we go to the morning of May 30th. The New York Times uh, confirmed that Terry the next morning on the 30th was in serious condition and had been moved from the uh, Long Island Hospital to New York Hospital. They reported his condition as serious. Now things began to get a little more even uh, confused depending on where you got your news from. One report which appeared in a couple of different newspapers said Terry Sawchuck, injured Ranger goalie, was transferred yesterday to an unspecified New York City hospital in reportedly good condition, refuting an earlier report that he had been put back on the critical list. A spokesman at Long Beach Memorial Hospital, where Sawchuck underwent an operation about four weeks ago for removal of his gallbladder, confirmed the transfer, adding that the 40-year-old goalie's condition was listed as good. Now, I'm not sure who that spokesperson was. Mystery has surrounded both the origin and the seriousness of Sawchuck's condition, according to this report. The official version uh, ascribed Sawchuck's injury to an accident while he was engaged in horseplay on his lawn with Ron Stewart, a Ranger teammate, back on April 29th. The New York Daily News, their headline said, Shift Sawchuck 
still serious. Their story said Terry Sawchuk, injured Ranger goalie, yesterday was transferred to the intensive care unit of New York Hospital where he was described as, quote, in serious condition. A statement from the Rangers said he is undergoing further tests for a serious abdominal problem. The Rangers statement went on to say that the 40-year-old goalie was under the care of Dr. Frank Glenn and Dr. W.J. Eisenmenger, and no explanation was given for the transfer. The biggest Canadian newspaper, morning newspaper that is, is the Toronto Globe and Mail. And they also ran a story, and it's unattributed. I don't know if it comes from a member of their staff or from a wire service, but the story read like this. Terry Sawchuk, no longer in critical condition, has been transferred to a hospital in New York City. The 40-year-old goaltender uh, for the New York Rangers was reported in good condition at the time of his transfer from Long Beach Memorial Hospital. That afternoon, the Toronto Star ran a uh, five-column story from Stan Fischler, uh, which gets a little deeper into Terry's condition. And, and Stan, I don't think, did a terrible job in, in reporting exactly what went on here. Uh, this is what Stan reported. Day by day, the mystery surrounding Terry Sawchuk's hospitalization takes on all aspects of a case for Sherlock Holmes. The injured 40-year-old goaltender was transferred yesterday from Long Beach Memorial on Long Island to New York Hospital in Manhattan amid conflicting reports about his condition. Yesterday morning, Sawchuk was in Long Beach Hospital's intensive care unit in critical condition, according to the hospital. By noon, the hospital said his condition was, quote, good, and that he was being removed to a hospital in New York City. Twelve hours later, that hospital described the condition as serious. Now, Stan reports that Long Beach officials said they were under orders not to divulge the name of the hospital nor the reason for the switch. But last night, it was learned that Rangers manager coach Emil Francis had accompanied Sawchuk to New York Hospital, a major infirmary overlooking the East River, which uh, specializes in acute illnesses. Fischler quotes uh, Francis as telling the Toronto Star, I had been at Sawchuck's bedside until one in the morning and he's hanging in there good. Last night, Dr. W.J. Eisenmenger described Sawchuck's condition as serious and added, he is here for follow-up work on abdominal problems. Dr. Uh, Eisenmenger, the associate attending physician at the hospital, is caring for Sawchuck along with, doc with Dr. Frank Glenn, surgeon-in-chief at New York Hospital. We moved Terry here, said Francis, because this is a top hospital with the best facilities in the country. Emil Francis said that only he and Sawchuck's brother Jerry had been permitted to visit the goalie in the past few days. Terry will be hospitalized for an undetermined length of time, according to Emil Francis. The ex-leaf had been admitted to Long Beach Hospital April 29th, where his gallbladder had been removed, according to Sawchuck. He was hurt after horse playing on the lawn with Ron Stewart. And we repeated that theme over and over again. Emil Francis told Fischler, 
I don't even want to comment on it. Fischler also says in this story that another report which had been linked to the Long Beach Police Department said that Sawchuck got into an argument with Stewart in the E&J's pub in Long Beach. However, the manager of the pub, Ed Maxwell, told the Toronto Star he had no knowledge of a brawl in his establishment between Sawchuck and Stewart. Fischler then reported that Catherine Dixon, a spokesperson for New York Hospital, expressed surprise when she was informed that Sawchuck's condition had occurred as a result of horseplay, as a Ranger front office had described it. She said, I've never heard of a gallbladder being removed because of horseplay. Fischler's story goes on to say that from May 22nd through the 26th, Sawchuck had been able to receive visitors. On Thursday, however, teammate Bob Nevin went to the Long Beach Hospital and discovered that Terry had been moved into the intensive care unit and Bob was not able to get into the room to talk to him. We wouldn't get any more news from the uh, Canadian papers because most did not publish on Sundays, but there were still some news items that came out on Sunday on the U.S. side of the border. Now remember, as of Saturday night, we had Terry in the New York hospital basically in, quote, serious condition. By Sunday morning, Depending on which papers and which wire services had the news for you, Terry was either improving or was declining quickly. Uh, the Associated Press ran this story on their wire service and it appeared in several papers with the headline, Ranger Goalie Still Critical. Terry Sawchuk, 40-year-old goalie for the New York Rangers, was listed in critical condition and in the intensive care unit at Long Beach Memorial Hospital Thursday. So this is all of a sudden reverting back to Thursday. And there was nothing more to the story. No updating on his being moved to New York or whatever had happened there. And it makes you kind of wonder why this story got to... Uh, several several newspapers on Sunday morning. Now, a similar number of newspapers carried this story by United Press International. The headline read, Sawchuck Improved. Terry Sawchuck, 40-year-old goalie for the New York Rangers, was transferred to a New York City hospital Friday in good condition. Sawchuck had been reported in critical condition after his readmittance to the Long Beach Hospital this week. So this story, carried by UPI, kind of hints that Sawchuck went out of the hospital and then was readmitted, which we know was not true. There seems to be a very real gap in the news for Sunday the 31st. First, we're, we're finding out he's critical. We knew he was serious on Saturday. Then there are reports he's improved. No one really knew what was going on, and we're not sure how the papers got the stories they did where they were uh, carrying old wire service reports or what but these were the the was the information that we were getting at that time until late on the evening of May 31st the Associated Press would break the story that shook the hockey world with this very terse story it's a very small story just one column three pair four paragraphs headline says veteran goalie Terry Sachuk is dead hurt wrestling Terry Sachuk considered by many to be the finest goalie in the history of hockey died Sunday night after being hospitalized for more than a month he was 40 
Sachuk, who spent the last season as backup for the New York Rangers, was admitted to Long Beach Memorial Hospital on Long Island at 10.45 p.m. April 29th after suffering abdominal injuries. The rest of the story just uh, runs over the history that we've gone over so many times here and no new information was provided. The news of Sawchuck's death broke in a major way on the morning of uh, Monday, June 1st, and we want to give you the uh, report by Gerald Eskenazi of the New York Times. Headline was succinct, Sawchuck of Rangers dies here following horse playing injury, horse playing in quotation marks. Terry Sawchuck of the New York Rangers, the holder of many National Hockey League records for goaltenders and considered by many to be the sport of the sport's finest goalies, died yesterday at the age of 40 after being hospitalized for more than a month. Sawchuck was admitted to Long Beach, Long Island Memorial Hospital on April 29th at 10.45 p.m. after reportedly horse-playing on the lawn of his rented house with teammate Ron Stewart. In an early account of the incident, a source close to the Rangers said the fracas uh, and resulting injury had occurred just after the two players returned from a bar. Sawchuck underwent two operations at Long Beach Hospital. In the first, his gallbladder was removed. A second operation was performed to correct a bleeding liver condition. And that hadn't been uh, mentioned in any of the reports that we had been able to find up until now. But it was uh, the reason for that second operation. We knew about the second operation, just not what had been done during that operation. Eskenazi's story goes on to say last Friday, Terry was moved to New York Hospital in Manhattan and another operation was performed on his liver on Saturday. The preliminary findings of an autopsy which determined that Terry died of a pulmonary embolism, which is a clot on one of the arterial branches, have been forwarded to the Nassau County District Attorney, according to Dr. Elliot Gross, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner of New York City. A detective in the Nassau County Homicide Bureau said yesterday an investigation would begin today into the cause of Sawchuck's death. Sawchuck shared his winter home at 38 Bay Street East in East Atlantic Beach, Long Island with Stewart. Both men have been separated from their wives. Sawchuck had been hospitalized for three weeks before the public learned of his injury. At the time, he was admitted to the Long Beach Hospital. The police in that South Shore city went to the player's home and took a statement from Ron Stewart. But East Atlantic Beach, a part of the town of Hempstead, is not in the Long Beach Police jurisdiction, so no formal report was made by the Long Beach Police. A detective at the Long Beach Station House reported at the time that Sawchuck said he had, quote, tripped over Stewart while the two were roughhousing, as he called it. Now, most of the Rangers, whose season extends from October through April, lived during that time in East Atlantic Beach, which is a summer resort area that has homes for rent during those months, much like we do where I live here in the Niagara region along the shores of Lake Erie. The players 
form a winter enclave in that area. A resident characterized the enclave yesterday as a quiet place where everyone just minds their own business. Emil Francis, the Rangers general manager and coach, said he had been with Sacha, quote, day and night for the four days before the player's death. Himself a former big league goaltender, Francis called Sachuk the best I ever saw, no doubt about it. Francis went on to say, we only had him for one year and he didn't let us down one bit. Sachuk had been acquired last summer from the Los Angeles Kings. By then, the reflexes that enabled him to be a seven-time All-Star had diminished. His job with the Rangers, he knew, was to be the backup for goalie Ed Jockerman. That's fine, he said at the time of, of when describing his duties. I'm old and I'm tired. I don't want to be, I can't be, a number one goalkeeper anymore. Next door neighbors of Sawchuck and Stewart didn't even know the two were hockey players until they read about him after Sawchuck's injury. Stewart, who's 37, is believed to be at his home in Barrie, Ontario at the time the story's being written. Attempts by the Rangers to reach him in the last few days had been unsuccessful, according to a source with the Rangers. Stewart had known Sawchuck since the 1960s when the two shared a home in Toronto while both were playing there. They were not roommates on the road, however. Stewart preferred to have his own hotel room uh, by himself and didn't want another person with him. Stewart, a laconic person known as one of the game's cleanest players, had only 14 minutes in penalties last season. Uh, that's a very low total for the fast, often brutal game of hockey. The rest of Eskenazi's story serves as an obituary for Terry Sachuk, and I'll give that to you here now, uh, at the risk of repeating it in some of the testimonial articles we're going to present a little later on. In his first full season in the National Hockey League, Terrence Gordon Sawchuk, who was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba on December 28, 1929, became the outstanding goalkeeper in the sport. That season was the 1950-51 campaign and the team was the Detroit Red Wings. For five straight seasons, he posted a goals against average of less than two per game. And over the years, he four times captured the Vezina Trophy for posting the lowest average. He set a National Hockey League record of 103 regular season career shutouts. Detroit traded Sawchuck to the Boston Bruins in 1955 after they found another goaltender, Glenn Hall, whom they considered to be potentially actually better than Sawchuk. At Boston, Sawchuk contracted mononucleosis. He tried to return to the game too soon, and he often played poorly because of that. The unforgiving Boston Garden crowds taunted him for his poor play. He left the team without permission and had what he was to describe later as a nervous breakdown. That led to him being returned to the Red Wings in 1957 in a straight-up trade for a young left-winger by the name of Johnny Busick. Terry went to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the uh, interleague draft in 1964, and most people figured Terry would play out his remaining hockey NHL days right there in Toronto. Sports can be a, a funny, a funny occupation, and Eskenazi 
tells us just how fate kind of brought Terry back into the the, uh, headlines. In his final season with the Leafs in 1967, Terry reached back to his former greatness and helped Toronto to victory in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which of course everybody knows is Hockey's World Series. Because of his age, he was considered expendable after the playoffs and Toronto made him available in the 1967 expansion draft, which took place a month later to stock the six new teams coming into the NHL. Sawchuk was drafted by the Los Angeles Kings, the very first player chosen in that draft. We fast forward to this past season, 1969-70. Terry played at 175 pounds, which was 25 pounds lighter than his weight during his glory years. He had a perpetual stoop from 20 seasons of stopping flying rubber discs that were sometimes directed at him at more than 100 miles an hour. During his career, The goalie required more than 400 stitches to close facial wounds received in games. He later took to wearing the fiberglass mask, a skin-colored protector with slits for sight, breathing, and to take away some of the heat. Last year, when he turned in a good performance for the Rangers, he would often ask for reassurance from reporters after a game. He would ask, do you really think I played well? Or he might just uh, ask, I didn't embarrass anyone out there. Did I? However, the next day he would often be remote and unapproachable. Terry was like that with the news media. Many times he would sit in the lobby of a hotel uh, doing the Times crossword puzzles and uh, he would just motion people who wanted to speak to him away, and that was Terry Sawchuk. We also want um, want to give you a little more by Gerald Eskenazi in the same edition of the, the New York Times on June 1st. Uh, he gave kind of a profile of of Terry's career, and, and I thought this was uh, sums it up really well. And we'll give this to you as well right now. Terry Sajak, who died yesterday at the age of forty, had a dual attitude in recent years towards the game of hockey that he played probably better than any other goaltender. Images of him in training camp with the Rangers last fall come back. How he was always the last to finish his exercises and how he didn't bother lunging for pucks during scrimmages. But in some games during the National Hockey League season, a child's exuberance returned. After one contest, he remarked to anybody who was around, not bad for an old man, eh? I think I could have played four periods tonight I was really stopping them. Terry Sawchuk was a transcendent athlete, but one wonders how much greater his horizons would have been had he not succumbed to so often to personal despair. The record he was proudest of was his 103 career shutouts. Boom Boom Jeffreyon, who possessed one of the game's hardest shots, said Terry Sawchuk was, quote, the greatest angle goalie I ever saw. You think you can find an opening past him, but he's got it all covered. I tell you, he was the best. 
Sachuk, at best, had a difficult relationship with the press, reminiscent of the feud between Ted Williams and the Boston newspaper reporters. Some say Sawchuck's feud started when he was with the Red Wings in the late 1950s, shortly after suffering a nervous breakdown. A story appeared quoting a Ranger player, Bill Gadsby, who was playing defense for the Rangers at that time, and he said, if Terry has a few more bad games, he might go tweet, tweet, tweet again, and you know what he was referring to. And Sawchuck saw that story, and that night shut out the Rangers uh, in a spectacular performance. For more than 10 years afterwards, he refused to talk to New York reporters, and who could blame him? Eskenazi went on to write it was ironic that he returned to New York to close out his career with the Rangers. Coach Emil Francis acquired him last summer from the Los Angeles Kings only to spell the Rangers' number one goalie, Eddie Jackman. Sawchuk was erratic and only once when he turned in a shutout in Madison Square Garden did he hear the cheers he had once uh, had uh, on a routine basis. But he was a popular player with his teammates. After the shutout in MSG, Brad Park, the young all-star defenseman for the Rangers, said, we like Terry. We wanted to show the fans he wasn't washed up. He's the kind of guy you like to play for. He's always encouraging. Sawchuk has a record that will never be equaled, according to Gerald Eskenazi. And we know that's not true 50 years later. Eskenazi says this record will not be equaled, especially under the present two-goalie system. For five straight seasons with Detroit, he posted an average of under two goals a game. A goalie who rarely left his feet, Sawchuk made the crouch famous and was probably the best goaltender on screenshots and tip-in attempts. I wanted to add a little something here on my own uh, to Gerald's story. And this is that, that Terry Sawchuk rarely left his feet. That was true. And for that reason, he was called a stand-up goalie. Terry Sawchuk was not a stand-up goalie. The term stand-up goalie did not refer to a goalie who never left his feet. Back in the 40s, 50s, when Terry came along in the 50s, goaltenders were told to stand up anyway. So most goalies... Under that terminology, you would have been considered stand-up goalies. A stand-up goalie actually referred to a goalkeeper who stood straight up in the net, erect. Something like uh, Ed Chadwick that played for the Maple Leafs uh, was a stand-up goalie. Ed stood very erect in the net. Sawchuk perfected the style of the crouch. And that's why he was not really a stand-up goalie and was only referred to that way later on in his career by people who didn't understand what the term actually meant. Eskenazi's story finishes with the following two paragraphs. In 1952, Terry's second season in the league, Detroit won the Stanley Cup in eight straight games in which Sawchuk posted four shutouts. That's unheard of today. During the entire eight games... Terry Sawchuk allowed only five goals. We will never see another performance like that. Emil Francis, who spent many hours with Sawchuk since the goalie was hospitalized, was too upset to indicate yesterday what effect the goalie's death would have on the team's goalkeeping plans. The New York Daily News, the other uh, 
one of the other major papers in New York, had Sawchuck's death as a front page big big block headline. The headline blared, injured ranger goalie dies, Sawchuck hurt in horse play. The story was very straightforward, written by Edward Bennis of the New York Daily News, but there was a couple of interesting uh, sidelights here that went almost unnoticed, later buried in the story. Uh, it talks about the uh, incident between Stewart and Sawchuck, and Bennis reports that no charges were filed in the case, either by the Long Beach police who investigated the incident, or by 4th Precinct in Hewlett, Long Island, which has jurisdiction over the area of the incident. Notified yesterday of the death of Sawchuck, police on duty in Long Beach and Hewlett told the, the, the New York Daily News they know of no reason at this time to reopen the investigation, and we now know, of course, that that would change. In Canada, the paper billed as Canada's national paper, Toronto Globe and Mail ran the big story as well, but they did not have a, a reporter of their own write the story, much like the Toronto Star had done with Stan Fischler. The Globe and Mail basically carried the story as written by Gerald Eskenazi of the Times, and he did such a good job. I, I You really can't blame him for doing that. Well, the star ran another story by Stan Fischler to, care, to uh, cover the Sawchuck story. And uh, this is what Fischler's story uh, had to say. Terry Sawchuck, goaltender for the New York Rangers, died yesterday in hospital. And police are awaiting an autopsy report to determine if a grand jury investigation should be held into the cause of his death. So Fischler's angle right away is to get into a possible police investigation. And, and uh, to be fair to Stan, everybody was wondering, and I know I was at the time. Uh, another thing that Fischler wrote in his story was that today, the star learned today, this is again on June 1st, that the New York Rangers had hired uh, attorney Nicholas Castellano, who's a prominent New York criminal lawyer, to represent Stewart. Castellano was retained on Saturday before Sawchuk had passed away, and he said he was hired to protect Stewart's rights, quote, if any protecting is needed. He added that Stewart will not make any further statements to authorities at the moment. Official apparently did get a police report from the uh, Nassau County uh, Long Island Police, and uh, this is how he terms them anyway. And he says that the police report said that Stewart and Sawchuk became involved in an argument in front of E and J's pub. The two were roommates in an apartment at East Long Beach, Long Island. Well, that was not true. It was not an apartment. It was a house. And, and, and uh, that should have been established better than that. But apparently that's what the police report said, not what Stan said. Now, this is what the report, uh, uh, what Stan is reporting that the police told him or was contained in the report. Uh, Stan writes that a police spokesman said that a detective interviewed Sawchuck after the incident and according to our report, the two had an argument in front of the bar and it continued down to the lawn of their apartment. At this point, Sawchuck knocked Stewart down and then attempted to jump on Stewart, 
As he jumped, Stewart got Sachuk's knee in the stomach and was injured. Stewart has said he remembers nothing of the episode. The story goes on to say that since it took place in Nassau County, the police department there said it had asked for an official autopsy, which was conducted yesterday by Dr. Elliot Gross, who is the New York City medical examiner. They are quoted as saying, police will discuss the report today with Dr. Gross and will then confer with the Nassau County District Attorney to decide if any action is required. That action that would be required would be that the the case could be placed before a grand jury to determine if any crime has been committed. A little different uh, in the United States than what we experience in Canada In Canada, and I learned this uh, seven short years later when I became a police officer and later a detective, uh, when someone passes away from what could be suspicious circumstances, the police immediately uh, commence an investigation and then will determine in uh, cooperation often with the Crown Attorney uh, what charges may be laid. Uh, this is not the way it, it is done in the United States, and the police waited for orders to actually uh, conduct further investigation. A reliable sort who is not source who uh, from the police department who is not named by Fischler uh, said that the case is expected to be ruled accidental. Fischler then quote, quotes Dr. Gross, who said the immediate cause of death was a blood clot on the lungs in the major vein that brings the blood back to the heart. However, Dr. Gross pointed out that Sawchuck's original injury, presumably the knee to the stomach, ultimately is what led to his death. Dr. Gross went on to say because of a traumatic blunt force injury, his gallbladder was injured and it had to be removed. Sawchuck's gallbladder was immediately removed at Long Beach, Long Island Hospital after his admittance there on April 29th, but complications forced that second operation. Dr. Gross said there was a laceration to the liver. Both the second and third operations that underwent, that Terry underwent were for evacuation of a collection of blood in the liver as a result of this laceration. And now we go, we go back in Stan's story, although he doesn't mention it here. He said that uh, the second operation uh, after the, that, Sawchuck took a turn for the worse and was transferred to the New York hospital in Manhattan on Friday. And yet reports we had and statements that other people and Stan had attributed to the Long Island uh, hospital was that Terry had improved and was being sent to the New York hospital, uh, but the New York hospital was uh, the best place available for treating what they called acute cases. And so it would seem to make sense that Terry's condition had in fact deteriorated, and that's why he was moved. Stan has some more from the spokesperson, Catherine Dixon from the New York hospital. She told him that Sachuk had regained consciousness late Saturday evening. However, at 9.50 a.m. on Sunday morning, the goalie had passed away because of, quote, cardiac arrest brought on by his weakened condition. 
Miss Dixon said it wasn't really a heart attack. She went on to say his heart just stopped beating because he was so generally weak. It was a case of Terry being in such bad shape when he was brought to the New York hospital and uh, they were not able to revive him. The Toronto Star story ends with the statement released by the New York Rangers where a club spokesperson said, The death of Terry Sachuk is a tragic and shocking loss to hockey in general and to the New York Rangers in particular. Sachuk's playing record speaks for itself. He was one of the greatest goalies of all time. The entire Ranger family extends its sincere condolences to Terry Sawchuck's family. Newspapers all over the United States and Canada reported uh, Terry's passing in a very similar manner as the news first broke. Uh, the reporting here is a very salient point as to how the coverage of this story would follow divergent paths over the next few days and weeks. As mentioned in the New York Times and Toronto Star stories, a homicide investigation would probably be initiated by the Long Island police once results of the autopsy were learned and uh, there was uh, confirmation that they should do so by the district attorney's office. This is where our coverage of the story kind of diverges as well. What we had originally planned to do was bring you three uh, episodes, uh, special episodes of this story. And as we've actually uncovered a lot more information than we thought we had at first, we're going to actually stretch this out into four separate shows. Uh, so you get a little bit of bonus coverage, I guess you could say. Uh, we're going to use our next episode to tell you about the investigation and how it took place and the evidence that was uh, produced and given to the New York State Grand Jury uh, that would make the determine on whether uh, some charges should be laid. And then in our final episode, we will look at the tributes that were put out by various people, writers, friends, former teammates, that describe the career and the person who Terry Sawchuk actually was. So we thank you for joining us for this second edition, and we'll have number three episode very, very soon. <laughs>